This past week I was reminded of a song. I don't know if you ever have uh, that happen to you. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. I don't find that song as problematic as some other Disney songs. But um, I was kind of reminded this word service. This word service. It gets used in a lot of different ways. Um, and some ways are oxymorons, like postal service. Some of you... We don't know anyone that works for the Postal Service. Some of you know my trials and tribulations with the Postal Service. Um, so, But there, there are other ways that it's used as well. Uh, maybe you uh, played tennis. Or maybe you were at a ping pong table with somebody who played tennis. And maybe they were a little bit aggressive. You know... They're getting ready to serve you the ball. And they were calling out the score in a way that was a little bit intimidating. And maybe they started with, service! I don't know, maybe you've ever had that experience. Be like, bro, calm down. It's a little plastic ball. It's ping pong. It's not that serious, for real. Or maybe you were schooled by the master Forrest Gump in the the fine arts of ping pong. I want to talk a little bit about service today. Chiquetta read this morning from Luke 22 in the account of Jesus who sits down with his followers at the Passover meal. And with the Passover meal, they're remembering something that was very important. Going back to when God had protected his people from a punishment that the Egyptians had brought on themselves with their wickedness of heart, their refusing to repent. And God sent a death angel among the people and He gave His people the instructions for how to share a Passover meal and instructions for how to remember that the death angel passed over their homes, did not visit their homes, that they were kept safe from this penalty of sin. But the Passover meal had become a cultural thing. Kind of like some of us yesterday celebrated a cultural thing in Hamden Fest. And it became this date on the calendar that they remembered. I kind of have a cultural thing with Hamden Fest. I like to have a crab cone from Gypsy Queen. It's a meal that I remember. Probably only once a year for good reasons. But this Passover meal was a celebration, something that was annual, that was on the calendar, something that they remembered, and it was an important time. And Jesus starts the conversation in a way that they remembered and that they wrote down and that they thought about for years, for decades to come afterwards. And they recalled what Jesus did in this very important meal because Jesus, who had been a miracle baby born to a virgin who many aspects of his life had were fulfillments of prophecies of scripture. He had revealed his identity as the son of God, as the Messiah, as the sent one. And he sat down to share this meal with them. And he expressed to them this confirmation of this revelation of the truth of what the Passover meal really meant. 
and that his sacrifice would bring about the new covenant. An opportunity for them to be forgiven of sins. And the people who saw Jesus with their eyes, heard Jesus with their ears, were transformed by this. It affected their lives for the rest of their lives. They were never the same. And so they passed on to everyone that they knew what it was like to sit there with Jesus and why it changed them. They received new life. They received a removal of their guilt. They were changed by this. One of the things that I rarely hear mentioned, and I think some preachers are afraid to talk about because it might sound self-serving, is the reality that in that moment, Jesus said these words that we see on the screen. I am among you as one who serves. Over this summer, we've been looking at Jesus and this truth that everything about Jesus has something to say to us about God. We can learn from everything about Jesus. Chiquetta quoted a Hebrews chapter 12, if we will set our eyes on Jesus. That's how this new life is possible. Well, here in a critical moment, a very important moment that for centuries Christians have remembered, Jesus says, I am among you as one who serves. In fact, before that, he goes into a little bit more detail. He refers to their earthly rulers, and they had different ones of different nations. And at that moment in particular, the Romans were in power. And the Romans were actually where they got the word gospel because it was, they would declare that there was a Caesar, there was a ruler among them who was in control of the military, the political power, their citizenship, their identity, their prediction of safety. And he said, here with your earthly rulers, they lord it over you, their authority. They hold it over you. And yet you call them a friend of the people. It was a slang term, probably used sarcastically by many. This human authority lords it over you. And Jesus says to his followers, and trust me, this informs me every day. He says, it will be different among you. It will be different among you. Because here I am, your teacher and your Lord, but I have come among you as one who serves. This is like upside down. This is like backwards. This is like, you remember that hip-hop, pop culture moment where people wearing their clothes backwards? Crisscross. We won't ask for a show of hands of who did it. Jesus says these things and they sound upside down. And I certainly have experienced in my own life, there are some people that want a leader who is firm, who is maybe a touch aggressive, who is in charge and knows that they are in charge. And a lot of people that don't want that, but I certainly have found that some people, whether they realize it or not subconsciously, if a leader is humble and a leader is calm, they don't respect them the same. And Jesus isn't worried about that. Jesus knows who he is, and he's talking to his followers, the people that have chosen to follow him, and he's saying, I am among you as one who serves. This is 
totally different than anything else that we have seen. And this word serve that he uses, you know, I look it up in the Aramaic that Jesus spoke in, serve, to give help by performing certain duties, often of a humble or menial nature, choosing acts of service that show love and respect. If we take all the different ways that the word is used in the New Testament, that would be a good working definition that we would come up against. I know some of us in our human nature, we like, say, ah, if I'm going to follow Jesus, I don't need to be like that. I'm going to, that's not what Jesus meant. Or only Jesus was the one who was supposed to serve. No, I, I think it means what it means. The plain, simple truth of scripture is not something that we should get away from. And just in case we're wondering about that, Let's look at what happened right before he said this. John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. They had rented a room to share the Passover meal together. They were in the city. Everything is dusty. It's a different time and place to now. Shoes were not the same. Sandals were the norm. I don't think socks were a thing. Right? And if somebody was a person of influence, a person of power... They might pay someone else to wash the feet of their dinner guests as they came into the room. Because the common way of sitting down to a meal was a low table, no chairs, reclining. So you might find yourself close to someone else's feet. And those feet might be less stinky. Those feet may not be pleasant. And so foot washing was an important thing. And when they came to this important meal, what did Jesus do? He washed their feet. Imagine what that would have been like to be in the room. Here's the person that you've made a decision. You're going to follow this person. You're going to pattern your life after this person. You're going to listen to the teaching of this person. This person has done miracles of lunch and healing, and many other things has been revealed as the Messiah, the one that you've been waiting for to make right the wrongs. And he takes off his outer garment and he grabs a bowl of water and he washes their feet. And like... Jesus up in here washing my feet, hashtag shaking my head. And yet, this affected them so profoundly that they talked about it, they wrote about it for decades to come. Jesus gave them up, well, maybe it was just only that meal. Well, let's look at a couple other places where Jesus talked about it. Matthew 20, verses 26 and 28. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must present, must be your servant, for even the Son of Man, a title he would refer to as himself, 
came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Sounds like Jesus knows what he's talking about and he's very clear about this fact. He's a servant. John chapter 12, verse 26. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me. Now, let's just break this down one thought at a time. So, if they were making a commitment to serve Jesus, he's saying, here's how that looks. Follow me. Like, literally, be with me. Like we talked about several weeks ago, he called his followers to be with him. Not a task list, but being with him. Relational time. Personal relational time. Which attending this event does not accomplish for you tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday. Being with. So following Jesus includes being with. It includes making a decision to pattern my life after. Are you with me? If you want to serve me, you must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And watch this now. What does Jesus say that happens in this seemingly upside down world? The Father will honor anyone who serves me. God will lift up those who humble themselves. This is a big deal. I think a life-changing quote for me is the more time I spend with God, the less mistakes I make with people. The less time I spend with God, the more mistakes I make with people. Now, some of you know I've had a variety of careers. And I've dug ditches for electricians. I've been a, first a laborer for a bricklayer. I've had dusty jobs. I sold used tires. That was pretty dirty. I've had lots of jobs where I was a servant. And I've had jobs where I was in charge. I've been responsible to hire and train and fire people. And I've had jobs where my responsibility included coaching people who were supervising people. Let me just tell you something that I've learned. When we follow the example of Jesus as a servant, it's hard to get fired. It's hard to see relationships Break up due to your own fault. In fact, it motivates me to show up early. It motivates me to be faithful to my commitment. And those two things set you ahead of most of the job force. So it also puts you in line for promotions. I'm sorry, is that too practical for a Sunday morning? I don't understand why. Well, investigate your attitude. Okay, that was just downright offensive. Jesus came as an example of one who was there to serve. Am I more important than Jesus? 
Jesus even says to the disciples, because they're sitting at the table, and what happens? Read the account. They start arguing about who's the greatest among them. And Jesus says, who is more important? The one who's sitting at the table to eat or the one who's serving the food? Well, obviously it's the one who's sitting at the table. And yet I come as one to serve. If I want to be a Jesus follower, this is what that looks like. Now, I'm very thankful that this is easy to talk about in this church because we have many, many examples in this church of servants. There's, I will absolutely offend people if I don't say everyone's name. So you're going to have to forgive me in advance. But I saw it yesterday as several of you came beside me and served this neighborhood in Hamden Fest at the toilet races. That was pretty cool. We were not there to promote ourselves. We were not there because it was our event. Nobody paid us anything. We were there to serve. We've been a part of many garbage cleanups in this neighborhood. And Rebecca and I have been overwhelmed with gratitude at many of you that have served us as we moved houses. On hot days. In dirty situations. Holly like sweeping dirty basement. Christina on her hands and knees scrubbing things just tirelessly. And maybe one of the things that took me by surprise was Dan and Angela spent hours with us scrubbing other people's filth for our house. Hardly having known us, hardly having been introduced to the church. And Dan's down in the basement treating cat pee with me. Not our cat. Not our pee. And Angela's scrubbing this grease off the stove that was never cleaned by the last person. This is a church that is full of people that serve. So this is not a difficult thing to talk about. And yet, right now as a church family for the Sunday morning thing, we need more help. That's just a reality. So what do we learn about God? Well, Father God sent Jesus as an example to us, a servant. I think that's obvious, right? Second, Jesus invited us to a personal relationship serving Him. Don't get it mixed up. Jesus not your homeboy. He's not your girlfriend. He's not the one that just agree with everything that you say. He's your Lord and Savior, right? We are called to a personal relationship with Him, but a relationship where we serve Him. My job is to tell you the truth. Third, Jesus taught us to serve each other. You can't get away from that plain, simple truth. He taught us to serve each other. So how do we respond to this? Well, I have a phrase on the screen that I want you to get into your system because to me it is an essential value of this church family. And that is that love gives. The, the word love, when Jesus uses it, is a love that gives. It's this agape love that makes a decision not based on what I can get out of the situation or what I can get out of the person, not based on the value I see in the other person, but I make a faithful decision to love that person, to show service, to show respect with a love that gives, a love that is faithful, that is patient, that is kind, that is long-suffering, that is not keeping a list of wrongs, that is not fault-finding, that is not arrogant or boastful. Look it up in the scripture. Those are the words. With those words that Jesus loved. Jesus did not call us to serve 
because we have to, or to earn heaven points. No! God's already done the best for you. God's not going to love you more because you serve. Now, he's going to smile as a good father, enjoying seeing you follow the example of the son, but it doesn't get you brownie points. I don't even know what brownie points are. Out of a love response, choose to serve Jesus and serve others. Pastor Ben, that's incredibly simple. I know. Isn't that great? It's so great. It's so simple. That's how we should respond. And it's critical, though, that we don't miss out of a love response. It is my thank you to Jesus for what has already been done for me. It is choosing to love another person even when they are unlovely. My wife is a fantastic example of that. Out of a love response, choose to serve Jesus and to serve others. How do we do that? Well, I recommend first pray. You are not going to get this right doing it out of your own strength and from your own motives. You're going to miss it every stinking time. Kind of like the Orioles pitching. You need help. You need the love of Jesus. And in order to get that, you've got to be daily in contact with God. If you're daily in contact with God in a personal relationship, that requires communication. Pour out your cares. Pour out your petitions. Pour out your praise. Pour out your thanksgiving. When was the last time you did a gratitude list and thanked God for all the things that you are thankful for? That really helps. Then you just say, God, help me understand how to be a servant. So after that prayer, second, consider what would be helpful. Think about the people, places, and things that God has put you in the midst of. It's not rocket science, folks. God's already got you in a place, maybe a place that you don't like. But maybe you don't like it because there's something that needs to change. And maybe the fact that you recognize that something needs to change is a, hello, Holy Spirit saying, here's an opportunity for you to serve. And so what I need is a fundamental perspective shift. Jesus has placed me here, now, with these people, which by the way are the only thing in your life that will last forever. Consider what would be helpful. I've kind of learned through the years that people don't find it helpful when I tell them what to do. I've kind of learned that people don't find it helpful when I just tell them where they're wrong. I've learned that people find it helpful when you show them love and respect, ask thoughtful questions, maybe provide a helpful suggestion for what might be a a possible solution to a situation, there are ways to be helpful. Third, make a plan. Too often we just jump in without being thoughtful. And sometimes we can try to be helpful in service and actually offend people and over lord over them like Jesus referred to. Pray, ask God for help, consider what would be helpful, make a plan, and then take action. Help someone else. Will you stand with me as we close in prayer this morning? I tell you, it it truly thrills my heart that we are a church that serves, that serves faithfully, that this is a value of this church. This is actually a part of the reputation of this church among other churches 
whom we serve every month, among people that need help with food and occupational help and people that are in prison. Members of this church help all of those areas every month. It's a part of our reputation in this city, and I am so thankful for it. And that's one reason why I've not felt needed to preach on this very often. But looking at the life of Christ, it can't be ignored. Yeah? Let's pray. Thank you, God, for who you are, for all that you've done. Thank you that you teach us, that you lead us, that you instruct us. Help us to respond to what we've heard today about you, about Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you for coming. Really glad to see you today. Please feel free to fellowship here and also downstairs in the fellowship hall where there's stuff to eat and drink. God bless you. Have a great day. Grace and peace to you.